Welcome to Violet Value Investor Podcast. This is Becco and Hari with us today. We're going to talk about why invest at all, our number one topic. Why do you invest at all? So let's start with that, Hari. Why invest at all? Well, it's a good question. Uh, you know, I, I think obviously you're putting your money at risk when you invest, mm -hmm. right? It's not a risk-free kind of setup. Right. So, but but there's an uh, there's a downside to just storing all your money under a mattress, right? right? And that is, or or even in a bank account. Right, and that's called inflation. So over time, you know, the the purchasing power will slowly diminish. So I mean, it, it, for example, if you were born in 1980, uh, and you had a million dollars in the bank when you were born, you know that if you know that just by inflation would now be three million dollars. Yeah, three point two million. Yeah. Right, and so your purchasing power has diminished by a third. So mm -hmm. you what you could buy then a million dollars in 1980 would be it would get you what you would think would get you for life is is now worth a lot less mm -hmm. you know so investing the first thing you're doing is really trying to fight you know the natural expansion of you know money the money supply right. you know uh via inflation mm -hmm. and that's that's a you know that's that's one part of it mm -hmm. but the but the other thing is you know you know you want to have uh you know a buffer against any you know ups and downs and that, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff, which is, you know, more about, you know, freedom and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that is, is really where this is so important, mm -hmm. right? You know, there are so many people who work their entire lives and, you know, and they work every single day and then, you know, and then they run out of money. Right. Uh, cause you know, they're no longer able to work. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, so freedom, so freedom is a very important part of investing. Yeah. And, um, uh, it's hard to, I think you have to, it's it's easy to overlook that part, right? Because it's really not. A, it is about money, but it's also more than money. Yeah. Right. So, so at, you know, so we know that we have to invest because we have to fight the inflation, and if we want to get freedom, we have to invest. Right. And so the next question is, what 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 do I do then? Right. There are different options of investing. There are many different avenues. What do you do? Yeah, and I think you know there's. You know, the first thing that most people will tell you is, and if you work for a corporation or something, you have the option to either get a 401k, a pension plan. Um, you can buy um, buy index funds through, you know, your Fidelity account that's provided to you by work and, and, and so on. And and the reliant, reliance on others there has some inherent risks with it, mm -hmm. right? And those risks are actually, you know, that you may not actually do much better than uh, the rate of inflation or, you know, uh, uh, and, 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 and part of the reason for that is these mutual funds, ETFs, they have a giant pool of money. You know, they have a billion dollars un under management. They're not going to find very many good deals. Mm. And so they put their money into places where it doesn't make much for them. Yeah. We want to come back to the fact that because they have so much money at hand that they won't be able to find good deals. We will come back to that in later episodes. Yeah. But the idea that you, the basic idea that you're giving your money to somebody else to manage for you on your behalf, and there's some inherent inherent risk to right. that. Right. Yeah, and I, I, well, I mean, first of all, the the risk that comes with that is that they're they have to make money too, mm -hmm. right? And so they're going to take fees on top of, uh, and m most of the time those fees are not based on what their performance is; it's on how large their portfolio exactly. is. Exactly. So I mean, if you think about their incentives, their incentives are to get as many people into the tent as possible. So right. manage as much money as possible. Right. And so at the end of the day, they're taking a, a percentage cut of whatever that number is. Right. And so if they do well or they don't do well, it, it's 
largely irrelevant. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. So that's, that's, I mean, that's, we'll talk about that more down the road in later episodes about how the incentive structures don't really align with us, the retail investors, the mom and pops, right? And, but, but aside from that, just the fact that you're relying on somebody else could be a problem. So for example, if you want to talk about something like Enron or, uh, or our company pension plan, you rely your whole savings to somebody else, and that could be a serious, serious problem. Yeah. So I mean, Enron is an extreme example, but it, it, uh, you know, I, I, I have, you know, we're he- here based in Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a, f- a friend whose dad worked for Enron, uh, and you know, he his pension plan just basically disappeared, <laughs> and, and and you know, he had a significant percentage of his net worth in one, you know, in the stock. In the company pension plan, it goes away. But then I think the other thing that, you know, even in less extreme cases, companies, you know, disappear over time, right? I mean, if you look at um, the companies that were in the Dow 100 years ago, none of them are still there. Zero. You know, GE was actually one of the last holdouts. And it, it was actually just booted out of yeah. the the, uh, the Dow uh, just recently. Yeah. So, you know, that, that would what that tells you is that companies are going to go away and... A lot of times what they'll do is they'll say, well, your 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 pension was $4,000 a month. Now it's $3,000 a month or now it's $2,000 a month. And they may just say, or we'll just give you a lump sum settlement and then we're done with the pension. So what you would had relied on in the past may disappear. And, you know, I think the same is true for Social Security. Government. Government, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, sponsored benefits. Right. <clears throat> you know, those could disappear at any time. Exactly. So it's really controlling your own destiny here. Exactly. Going back to the first point about, you know, why invest at all, you got the you got the freedom aspect of it. Yeah. Right? Going back to that. And so the next question for a lot of people here here is, okay, we talked about why invest at all. We talked about what you should do. You know, there is investing in all these different parts, but... Our, our, our idea is that we have to do it, you have to do it yourself, is the best way to do it. Yeah. And the question there is, okay, okay, we understand that we have to do it ourselves, at least partially. Okay, so me, people who may, who may be listening may be asking, okay, is this for me? Right. That's the question, that's a self-doubt that lingers in our head when we talk about investing, because investing, frankly, scares people and scares me that I have to manage my own money and i don't know anything about the stock market or the real estate we'll talk about different areas where you can invest but maybe talk talk to us a little bit about you know well who is investing for you know am i qualified to do that and is people some people a person who may be listening who is still in still in college or still maybe in high school or someone who's deep in their 50s and 60s or someone who's a janitor um, is is this is investing for you yeah and you know i think that's that's a good question, and the answer is it's not for everyone, right? There is it is work, right? You have to you have to learn, you have to understand, you have to be able to read an annual report and stuff like that. Right. But the thing is, is that it is not as scary as it it sounds. Almost everything that you're going to do in life is scarier until you actually know what it is, right. right? And once you start doing it, you start getting more comfortable with, you know, the ideas and the facts and you know that kind of stuff. You know, I have a full time job. I still spend about five to 10 hours a week, you know, reviewing annual reports, uh, keeping up with, you know, various companies, you know, and all that stuff. And, you know, what you find is over time, you get more efficient at it. You know where to start looking. Mm -hmm. Um, But where it really, why it really matters, you know, and I think why this is important for a lot of people is by doing this, 
myself, I have, I now have control over my own destiny, mm -hmm. right? I have enough money to, to go and take, you know, uh, take on a risks. Like such as, such as startup that we're yeah, in right. now. Exactly. So, you know, when I, in 2012, you know, I had, you know, I was making, you know, $40,000 a year and I had a child coming on the way and, you know, the, and I'm in my thirties, the prospect of a startup is kind of scary for a lot of people, mm -hmm. right? I mean, there's a lot of risk. You may run out of money. You may run out of funding. Mm -hmm. But I had all of those investing assets, you know, that I had built up over, you know, at that point it was about a 11, 12-year uh, investing career. Um, and that money was a cushion that I had several years of salary saved up that if I ever needed to fall back on... You could do that. I could do that. Yeah. And so I, I think the... The idea is, is that we all think about the risks, but there also we have to think about the benefits, right? Which is changing your entire financial portfolio, your, your, your picture allows you to take risks, allows you to do things that you otherwise may not do, you know, change careers, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. And, and you know, I think to your, your original point, is it for everyone? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so, you know, I think there's a great story um, you know, in this book called Hundred Baggers, which, you know, hopefully we'll do a podcast one day as a review of that right. book. Um, and it, it talks about a guy who was a, a janitor for, you know, 30, 40 years working at various, you know, places. And, you know, he was very frugal, saved up his money. Um, and his kids had no idea that he invested in the, the stock market. Uh, and when he retired, he had about, or I'm sorry, when he died, he had about $8 million saved up. That's incredible. Uh, and this was, you know, for a guy who probably his entire lifetime earnings, um, you know, was under a million dollars. And he had, of course, had to spend some to live and things like that. Absolutely. This guy now had enough money to, you know, I mean, it, he never spent a dime, but it went to his children. children. Right. You know, so is this something that you have to have a Ph.D. or a degree in finance? Mm. I think the answer is that, uh, you know, decidedly no. It's absolutely you, no. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I think the people who sometimes can, you know, having an, uh, too much intelligence actually can sometimes get in the way of um, of this because it's not a process about intelligence. It's a process about emotional control. Mm -hmm. Things will get hairy at times right. you know stock market drops by 50 percent like it did in 2008 you have a lot of people who were running away you know at that time and you know a value investor would look at it and see that there is this is the time to to go in mm -hmm. right and so when you're running the opposite direction you can call it a lot of different things being contrarian and, and whatnot but it's actually just being rational yeah. right when the when the value is there that's when you invest exactly so you know just to just to harp on the last point about you know it's not really about your degree or it's not it's not really about your intelligence. In fact, there's a famous quote by Warren Buffett. I want to read it to you. You don't need to be a rocket scientist. Investing is not a game where the guy with the 160 IQ beats the guy with IQ of 130. By Warren Buffett, the best, the biggest, the best um, investor of all times. Yeah. So I mean that goes to show that intelligence doesn't really it's not really a factor in this game as a lot of a lot of people think it is yeah and I, I think you can also you know it's hard to be in control of your emotions especially when it comes to finances and things like that mm -hmm. but intelligence is a you know just because it's a you, you we have some number that measures intelligence you know with an IQ and stuff like that mm -hmm. we all know people who are more financially savvy who are more 
you know, what, uh, you know, more intelligent in certain areas. Mm. This is something that you can teach yourself. And as once you learn the basics, which are not, it's not a four year education. This is something that you learn over a lifetime. Mm -hmm. It's easy to learn, hard to master. Mm -hmm. But the more you work on it, the more you'll learn, the more you'll be comfortable with this stuff. Okay. So uh, that's all the topics that we wanted to cover for this episode. Why invest at all? Thank you, Hari. Thank you.